Yo, thanks for checking out another edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I am the fine host of this podcast. I'm 12 Kyle, (laughs) but you already know that. Uh, Once again, thanks for checking me out. If you haven't done so already, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. Uh, The podcast can now be found on Stitcher. Uh, If you have an Android or iPhone, go to your application store, download the Stitcher application. That costs you anything, it's free, upload it, search the 12 Kyle podcast and subscribe there. Or if you have an iPhone, you can subscribe on iTunes. Uh, The show is also featured on its own SoundCloud page. Just go to SoundCloud.com and follow me there on SoundCloud. SoundCloud.com backslash 12, T-W-E-L-V-E dash Kyle. Pretty simple. I'm everywhere. Um, Something I want to talk to you guys about. Actually, um, first and foremost, like... (laughs) I got to be honest before I even start this podcast. uh, I'm not like really one who gives advice. In fact, I never really was the kind of person that would give advice. Like I'm brutally honest. So you ask me a question, I'm going to give you an answer. Um, Probably not going to hold my tongue while doing so, but (laughs) you know, I'm gonna give it to you straight. No chaser. That's just how I am. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be considerate about your feelings, uh, but I think when people ask me questions, they're looking for the truth and looking for honesty, and you know that's what I pride myself on giving uh, people who ask me questions. Um, which leads me to today and uh, what we're going to talk about. Uh, a few months back, well, let me start first by saying if you don't know uh, I initially got started you know back in 2007 uh, with social media in this little thing called a blog <laughs> it may be a little outdated now but um my blog the 12th planet um started that anyway and I still write on the blog uh, I probably should do, should be doing more writing but um nonetheless I try to crank out at least one post a week um so here's the thing. A couple of weeks, not not a couple of weeks, a couple of months ago, uh, on my blog I posted, you know, for the people who read the blog, if they had any questions about, you know, anything, I, I wanted to open up kind of like a a dear Abby type column, and you know, submit their questions, and I would, um, you know, I gave them an email address to send the questions to, and. Uh, I would read the questions over the show for a show that was entitled Ask 12 Kyle. (laughs) Novel concept, right? So we did, I want to say we did, we got, I I got a lot of responses. And of course, you know, when you do a show, I think the first show was with uh, my homegirl, Kai Love. Shout out to Kai. Um, So when I did the uh, first show, I wasn't able to get through all of the emails and all the responses. So the other day, I'm going through some old emails and stuff, and I stumbled upon, you know, this batch of emails that never got to the air. So I said, well, hey, you know, 
it's been a nice time to you know go through some of these and you know if maybe if the people still have these questions uh put it on a podcast and see how it goes so ladies and gentlemen i present to you ask 12 kyle <laughs> uh, all right so we're gonna read a few got them here um this first one comes from josh josh in fairfax virginia and it reads i'm an 18 year old freshman at george mason university i'm about to start my second semester here i still haven't decided a major how would you determine what should be your major what advice would you give someone like me hmm pretty good question thanks for uh writing in josh um First and foremost, man, I'm going to be honest. Uh, if you're a freshman, you some people say that you don't have to, like, I know some schools you didn't even have to declare a major until, like, your sophomore year. But you want to, I mean, you've already got one semester under your belt, right? So you want to at least have a, a what I call a working idea as to what you want to do and what you want to major in. Um... Here's the thing about majors, uh, because when I went to school, I was a marketing major. When I went to college, a proud alum of South Carolina State University. Um, when I got there, I don't, and I don't know how this happened, but just to give you an idea, Josh, when I got to South Carolina State University, uh, they had on my information that I was going to be an accounting major. I hate accounting. And I do mean hate accounting. Like, I really hate accounting. Like, I really, to be honest, there's very little that I know about accounting. I know debits on the left, credits on the right. Or is it credit? Anyway, you you know what I'm saying. (laughs) But, and I had to take accounting classes and I hated them. Hated them with a passion. Uh, Ironically, my wife is an accountant. Um, but that's that's another story for another day. Um, but I will say this about a major. Uh, don't necessarily focus on the major. My advice would be, Josh, would be for you to think of at least five things that you really, really like to do. And then kind of narrow that five into three things that you would not mind doing for the rest of your life. I know that sounds very broad, but that's how you have to kind of look at it. What is it that I want to do for the rest of my life? Once you figure that out and you have three choices, I think it'll be a lot easier to go from there. The hardest part is figuring out what it what it is that you want to do. And to be honest, college is the perfect place to be when you don't know what it is you want to do. Reason being is that you probably don't have any bills. You probably don't have any kids probably don't have any worries (laughs) but once you graduate all of that changes man it changes so enjoy this time he said he was what 18 god come on man come on son 18 man let me i I could do a whole podcast about what it was like when i was 18 Uh, it was a dope time in life man i mean i was you know it was just i was it was about you know having fresh gear and i wouldn't worry about nothing like that but that was you know like i said another day in time i'm 43 now so 18 is a long ways away um 
But nonetheless, uh, Josh, like I said, I think you know the the biggest thing for you would be to figure out what it is that you would not mind doing for the rest of your life. Just to give you an idea, Josh, as I mentioned, I majored in marketing. I don't work in marketing. <laughs> and I'm, you know, mid-level of my career and I haven't, you know, I, I've done some marketing in my career, but, you know, it, it didn't turn out the way that I, it turned out well, very well, don't get me wrong, I'm very accomplished, but, uh, I'm not necessarily, when I go to work every day, it's not something that I technically majored in, if you will. But this is the path that I chose, and I chose to chase money, and, you know, this, it is what it is. And I'm and I'm cool with it. I, I Trust me, I have no regrets. I'm happy. I'm good. Trust me. But that's just me. Um, so I told my story just to kind of give you an idea that sometimes, and you'll, if you have friends that are older or maybe family members, sometimes you will go to school for a major and never touch that major in real life. <laughs> I mean, hey, it happens. It happens. Uh, but thanks for the email. Um, let's see here. We got. All right. Okay, this one's on relation on the relationship tip. And before I even you know respond to the relationship questions, let me be the first to admit I'm not a relationship expert. Not even close. <laughs> I have to preface that, man, because people have always asked me questions about certain things, and I'll be. I mean, I, I'm. I, I think I'm a people person. Well, I'm not gonna say I think I'm a people person. So I think people. You know, for whatever reason, tend to gravitate towards me, but um, no, I'm, I'm not a relationship expert, but I have been in um, a pretty long relationship now. I just celebrated 15 years of marriage, so you know, I know a little something. You know, I don't know a lot, but I know a little something. So, uh, here we go. This email comes from Carol in Birmingham, Alabama, um, and it reads. I'm 26 years old, never been married, and dating eight months a 35-year-old divorced man with two children. Oh boy. <laughs> we are pretty happy together. One thing that continues to haunt him is his guilt for not having his children, ages seven and four, with him. I'm an optimist, and I think that I help him out with trying to accept the situation but I wonder will he ever accept it we plan on getting married and having children of our own but I wonder if the guilt will kill his relationship will kill our relationship excuse me what should I do what can he do signed Carolyn Birmingham um this is an interesting thing here Carol I, I guess I probably would need to know a little bit more I mean I can't imagine, and it happens to you know a lot of people for whatever reason. You know, you have kids, you get a divorce, or you know sometimes you have kids and you never get together, and you have a custodial parent in one place and then the other parent in the other place. Um, so I can understand why that could bother him not being able to you know, walk down the hallway and see his kids or, you know, maybe even drive across the other side of town and see his kids. 
Um, but I think he has to be able to process and understand that it's temporary. I mean, the distance, whatever the distance is between he and his kids, the physical distance never can. It will it will it won't be as bad as the emotional distance. Um, and you don't want there to ever be any emotional distance between you and your children. As long as he takes an active role in his children's lives, everything else will fall into place. And that's the best advice I can give him. Everything will fall into place as long as you remain active in their lives because you will see them, you know, barring the fact that, you know, you're in New York and she's in California, you know, you know that might be something different. But um, to be honest, I, I don't think it shouldn't. Let me be very clear about how I say this. It should not affect your relationship with him. If anything, it should make you guys stronger and become closer, especially you become a family unit. Um, and even once you start, you get married and have a family with him, uh, he's going to want to have his kids around even more because he's going to want his kids to know, you know, their brothers and sisters, if you will. Um, but just hang in there, Carol. Just be there for him. Uh, continue to keep the lines of communication open because that is paramount. And, um, you know, have him understand. And he just has to come to the understanding that as long as there's no emotional separation, uh, everything else will be fine. You you just stay active in your kid's life. That's it. You know, and I know sometimes, you know, you don't have to deal with the exes or the baby mama drama. I get it. <laughs> but at the same time, um, you know, you have to be a mature adult and understand that. When you're daddy, you're daddy, no matter what. And nobody in your kid's eyes, nothing can ever replace that. So just remain daddy and do what you can to be there and provide for your children. Got it? Got it. Thanks, Carol. Um, okay, that was pretty easy. That was pretty, pretty easy, pretty sound advice from old 12, don't you think? <laughs> um, now this one's very interesting right here. Let's see here. I just had it in front of me. Okay, here we go. Um, <laughs> this one comes from my man Jerry in Morgantown, West Virginia. Morgantown, West Virginia. Um, and it reads, I'm a 45-year-old divorced father. I have full custody of my 17-year-old son. Recently, I read some text messages that he had sent to his 17-year-old girlfriend. There was talk of having sex and using drugs. Uh oh <laughs> He became defensive when I confronted him about what I had read on his phone. Oh, man, this is funny. <laughs> he accused me of invading his privacy. He then threatened to run away from home. What should I do? <laughs> All right, I got it. I got it. Let me let me let me put you on. Let me put you up on game for a second, Jerry. Um, you're dealing with a 17 year old son. I have a 16 year old son. So as I read this, I I could only think of my own child, my oldest. Which I mean, all of my kids. I love them to death. Um, 
that being said, first and foremost, I'm going to assume, Jerry, that you pay for the cell phone that he's able to send the text messages on. Uh, you said that you have full custody, so he's under your roof that you're probably, you know, in the house that you're probably paying a mortgage for. Uh, when he goes to the refrigerator and opens it up, he's probably eating groceries that you bought because you work at a job every day. Am I right, Jerry? Am I on to something here? Um, <laughs> nevertheless, if all of, if, if you answered yes to all of those things, you are the daddy. You're the daddy, Jerry. You're not the best friend. Let me tell you something, Jerry. You got to put your foot down. I, now, here's the thing. With kids, especially with with uh, social media and technology and everything, you got to be very careful. Um, did you invade his privacy? Some may say that you did. Personally, I don't think so. You paid for the phone. It's your phone. You're just letting him hold it. <laughs> You're just letting him use it. Um, and obviously, any conversations that you saw. Now, I will say this much. Uh, in the, the process of monitoring, you know, what's going on, and communications with the phone, um, you kind of have to have thick skin and be prepared for what you may or may not see. Um, and I have to kind of remind myself, and, and I, I tell my, my sons all the time, like, Yo, I will, you know, me and your mother, we will check your cell phones at a moment's notice. I may just say, hey, give me your phone because I need to know, you know, it's not me being being snooping around or anything like that. Like it's we need to know we need to make sure that you're not doing anything bad or you're not compromising yourself or your situation or anything like that. And I told my oldest, I said, hey, man, you know, you you don't have any control over what you receive. Meaning that somebody could send you a text message, a, a picture of a girl in your classroom and, you know, exposing her breast. You can get that in a text message. You know, there's nothing that you can do to stop someone from sending that to you. Now, where you come in and your maturity comes in is that you can't press send or you can't press forward or whatever like that. You can't do it. You just can't. Think before you press send. Um, nevertheless, getting back to you, uh, Jerry, I think... You know, you you gotta have a you gotta sit him down, man. You gotta sit him down and spit game to him about like you know what sex is. And I'm pretty sure at 17 you've already had that kind of conversation with him. But at the same time, you may have to hammer home the point. Like, look, dude, this is what you can do. This is what you can't do. You're not gonna do this in my house. Drugs? Oh hell no. You ain't getting high in my house. You ain't getting high nowhere near me. You're not getting high, period, because if I find out you're getting high, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to choke you out. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you just have to sit down and, and, and lay the rules down. Now, his threats of running away, no disrespect, I don't mean no harm. <laughs> Isn't it funny how when people say, no disrespect, I don't mean any harm, like, What's subsequently about to come out of their mouth after that is some type of disrespect and something that is harmful. Um, that said, no disrespect, Jerry. I don't mean any harm, but you're in Morgantown, West Virginia. Where the hell is he going to run off? Where run away to? The next town over? Kick rocks. I mean, 
No, you. I mean, I'm being facetious. Do you really want to have your child run away? No, you don't want your child to run away. But let's just keep it real. Let's kick the ballistics, man. I mean, like, that's not smart. Like, he doesn't have money. He doesn't have a job. Where's he going to go? He's going to go to his girlfriend's house and post up and, and sleep on the couch. Because her mama let him stay over there. You know, that type of thing. So, you know, you, you have to, at, at every at every turn... Especially as your kids get older, and I'm learning this as a parent, you know, sometimes and my parents did the same thing. You have to give them tough love. You have to tell them, hey, this is what it is, um, and this is what it's going to be, and, you know, this is how we're going to do it. It's going to be my way. You know, now when you get out and get on your own, hey, you can do whatever you want to do. You can have sex. You can get high. You know, no, you can't get high, but, <laughs> but you, you get my point. Um, there's certain rules and regulations. Uh, that must occur while you're under my roof. And, you know, yeah, I'm, while I'm not going to read your text messages every day, Jerry, you, you have every right to go through his phone periodically just to make sure that everything he's doing on up, up and up. If he felt like you were invading his privacy, maybe he's saying or doing something he ain't got no damn business doing. Maybe. Just maybe. So, handle that, man handle that because that could be very serious um so hope i answered your question next up brenda from san diego who writes in she says i'm a 45 year old woman who was in a physically and mentally abusive relationship with my boyfriend of 10 years oh damn i started having an affair with his bet what Oh my God. I started having an affair with his best friend, Sam, who is 53, about nine months ago. Oh, this is messy as hell. I've known him for 10 years also. He was married for 20 years. Six months ago, we got caught with that. Okay, let me back up. Because <laughs> I'm reading this and, and my jaw is like hitting the floor. All right, let me back up. I'm a 45 year old woman who was in a physically and mentally abusive relationship with my boyfriend of 10 years I started having an affair with his best friend sam who's 53 about nine months ago i've known him for 10 years also he was married for 20 years six months ago we got caught so now is everybody up to speed six months ago they got caught they had a um an affair six months ago he got caught uh sam's wife kicked him out and i finally kicked out my boyfriend uh, we're living together, and now Sam wants to have sex almost every night, sometimes twice a day. I've been tired lately and refusing him. The other day, I overheard him talking to another woman on the phone about sex. I didn't say anything. Do you think he's cheating on me? Should I confront him? Signed, Brenda in San Diego. <sighs> mm. You know what? I'm going to have to take a drink of water on this one. This is... <laughs> Excuse me. Um, There's a lot going on here. There's a lot of moving parts. First and foremost, I don't want to judge, but I am. Um, The affair with the best friend? I mean, really? Like, all these guys... Like, it's... it's like. 10 billion people on the world and you couldn't find one guy other than your man's best friend 
that's messy. Okay, so, but that's the past. Okay, so he got kicked out. So you guys are living together now. And, you know, Sam wants to get it in every day. Sometimes twice a day. I get it. It's just, you know, if, if you got it popping, you know, I can understand. Maybe, you know, he, he, he wants it. I get it. Um, Where it becomes problematic is that you overheard a conversation. You don't know who he was talking to. Uh, he could have been talking to his mama. Okay, 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 okay. Time out. Um, he wasn't talking to his mama. Uh, I, I, I think it's easy, based on the history that you've had, it's easy to assume that he's cheating, but mm, don't do it. Don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, Brenda. Uh, the reason why I say that is because you don't want to accuse him of something that you think could possibly be happening and not necessarily, unless you have proof that is a heavy, heavy, heavy accusation to throw at someone. Um, so tread lightly there. But I do think, especially if you guys have a decent relationship where the communication is strong, I think that you can find a way to, you know, say, hey, I, you know, I, I, you know, something kind of bothering me. You know, I was just thinking about it. I came in the room the other day and, you know, I just kind of, I wasn't even paying attention, but I happened to overhear you talking about sex to someone on the phone. You know, do you want to explain to me what that was about? See how I did that? Wasn't accusatory. Did not point any fingers. Did not point the blame. Did not say, who was that heifer you were talking <laughs> I ain't say none of that you know what i'm saying so um try that approach and let me know hit me up on the email you know how to get in contact with me 12kyle at gmail.com um so yeah uh let me know how that goes brenda um all right the next one oh right here val in the atl what up val um i don't know val but what up um <laughs> I want my boyfriend of three years to propose to me. We've been living together for the past year and he's made no moves toward marriage. Hmm. He's 25. I'm 23. I want a ring on by Valentine's Day 2016. If not, I'm leaving this relationship because I don't want to waste my time. Am I wrong? What should I do? Sign Val in Atlanta. <sighs> Val, you are dead ass wrong. <laughs> uh, nah, I mean, it, here's the thing, right? You can't strong arm or push someone into marriage I know you're gonna I, and, and Val I, I, I see you right now you're listening to this podcast even though I don't know you, I, you you're listening to this podcast and you're like you're saying right now he's taking his side no I'm not taking anybody's side I'm just going I'm, I'm gonna shoot you straight I gotta I gotta keep it real with you you can't use an ultimatum for marriage I mean either it's gonna happen or it's not gonna happen and if it doesn't happen, then it doesn't happen. But you have to kind of ask yourself, well, what are you in? I mean, like, here's the thing. 
you say he's 25 and you're 23. Like, that's my opinion. I think that's still like, yo, we kicking it in the world type age. Like, I don't know many 25 and 23 year olds that get married. I just don't. And that's not to say that you can't get married at 25 and 23. I was 28 when I got married. Um, but I wasn't like on some, you know, I'm still in the world kicking it. I wasn't, I graduated from that stage. Um, but I would be just personally, I would be pissed if somebody said like, yo, you gotta, you got till February, Jack, give me a ring or, or else. I mean, really? You know, I, like I've never been good. And fortunately for me and in, in all the relationships that I've had, nobody's ever given me an ultimatum. You know, because I'm, I'm but at, at the end of the day, I'm my own man. So I'm going to make my own decisions. And I'm not sure about your man, but, you know, when you back a guy into a corner, hey, I don't know. You have to kind of live with the results. So um, you might be barking up the wrong tree. I'm going to be honest. I mean, like you, I, that's an ultimatum vow. And I, more often than not, it does not work. It just does. Like, I haven't I haven't seen it work. I haven't seen it work. You tell me or you tell your friends or you tell, you know, because I'm assuming that you're not telling this to him. But, you know, I don't know what kind of conversations you've had or the two of you have had about marriage up to this point and going forward and how it's supposed to work out and things of that nature. But, you know, I don't know, man, You, you can't. You can't bully a guy into marrying you. I mean, it's just not. Because if you do that, all hell will break loose. Trust me on that. See, I mean, this is advice, but I'm really putting you up on game, to be honest. I should call this the the put you up on game podcast. <laughs> Instead of the Ask 12 Kyle, this should be the put you up on game podcast. But um, good luck with that, Val. I mean... Looking at the calendar, February 14th is like, uh, what, two months away? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Good luck. Uh, thanks for everybody uh, for hitting me up. Uh, let's read a couple more before we get out of here. Um, let's see. This next one is from Reggie in Houston, H-Town. Uh, I'm a 30-year-old man. I recently earned my master's degree in psychology. I decided that I wanted to use my savings and start a restaurant. My decision has made my parents, family, and friends question my sanity. This is what I want to do, but I don't want to make my loved ones mad. What should I do? Hmm. Honestly, Reggie, you got to do what's best for you. Um, everybody, especially when it comes to careers, everybody's not going to see your vision. Um, one of the things that I always talk to my kids about is blazing their own trail and doing what it is that makes them feel comfortable and doing what it is, what it is that makes them feel good about themselves and in the direction that they want to go. And this is what was told to me. And I, and I, and I live by that through my parents because they sat me down and they said the same thing. Um, but you, at the end of the day, you have to make yourself happy. I mean, having a master's in psychology is great, but if you, if it is your goal to be an entrepreneur and have your own restaurant and have, you know, have it called Reggie's Wings, or, 
whatever it is. And and the key thing that that I I, I remember and I saw in this uh, in this email is that you said I want to use my savings to start a restaurant. Um, I looked at the email again. I didn't see anything about parents' savings or family's savings or friends' savings. Hey, man, you putting up the bread. So, <laughs> you know, if, if all my thing is this, right? You have the, the psychology degree. And I never think. I always think I always think about the positive. I always try to actually uh, accentuate the positive. But in the event, in the worst case scenario, if it did not work, you still have your degree. You can still go get a job. So, dude, you you only have a, a small amount of time to make that run at the restaurant. You're 30 years old. You know, you, you're not going to be, you know, 60, 50, 60 years old trying to open up a restaurant, you know, at that stage of life. Or maybe you will. I don't know. But right now, go for it. I mean, like I said, everybody can't see your vision. And that includes family, friends, and loved ones. It, it, it is what it is. And <laughs> it'd be different if you were asking them for money. But since you're using your own savings to do this, hey, they can't say a damn thing. <laughs> 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 hey, thanks for right there, Reggie. Um, let's see here. Let's uh, we got time for one more. And this comes from Tammy in Indianapolis. This is interesting. <laughs> she writes in. I'm a 40-year-old woman who grew up in the church. Over the past year, I've gotten even more involved in the church. I feel good when I attend every Sunday. I was recently approached by the preacher, and he said that I should tithe. I give money every week, but I just don't give 10% of my earnings because I can't afford to. The conversation made me feel guilty for not tithing. Should I do it? Tammy in Indianapolis. What up, Tammy? <laughs> uh, this is uh, this is very interesting and very intriguing. I, I find it very interesting because, um, and I, it's it's rare for me to even talk religion. But if you go by the religious part of, uh, if you if you want to look at it from a religious aspect, uh, the Bible does mention. Uh, about you know giving 10% of your earnings. Now you said a key thing. You said you couldn't afford to. My take is this: if you if you can't afford to tithe, uh, and I've heard <laughs> I heard this preacher here in Atlanta once say, uh, you know, people say they can't afford to tithe. You can't afford not to tithe. I mean. I was like, dude, really? Like, you just, you sound like you're trying to hustle people, man. Like, you ain't even being authentic with, with your people. But I think it's it's a, it's, it's a matter of preference. It's a matter of, you know, what it is that you feel in your heart. Um, you know, it, the story might be a little bit different if you said that, you know, you, you just felt some kind of way about doing it. And maybe if you felt like you were giving money to the pastor and... 
or giving money to the church and you know not necessarily the money being used the way that it need to be used whatever the case may be um if you had apprehension because some people have general apprehensions about tithing i will say this much i think it's it's personal it's it's all personal it, it just depends on how you feel about your relationship with the church how you feel about your relationship with god i don't think any now here's the thing i don't think anybody should make you feel guilty about it i really don't um but it's a preference and the key thing that you said is that you can't afford to if you can't afford to you give what you can um you know you 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 give what you can if you feel like giving if you you know because you don't how can I put this? You do what you can with what you have. It's as simple as that. And I don't think anybody should make you feel guilty about that. Because at the end of the day, you know, who are we to judge? Are you going to not be blessed by God if you don't tithe? You know, some would say that you are. Some will say you will be blessed. Some say you won't be blessed. Um, it just depends. You know, everybody, everybody is, is, I always find this very intriguing because you could ask 10 people this question and I promise you, you might get 35 different answers, (laughs) literally uh, from 10 different people. Not even, you won't even get 10 different answers. You may get 35 different answers. Um, But I said all that to say this, it's, you do what you can. And and I don't think that it was necessary, if, especially if the preacher singled you out in a conversation, not necessarily trying to embarrass you in front of a bunch of people, but in a private conversation that you're having, you know, dude, you know, it's a couple hundred people go to this church. What you worrying about me for? <laughs> Why are you all in my pocket? Um, fall back, B. Uh, nonetheless, I, it's, it's a personal preference. Um, and you said you give every week. I say keep that going. Keep it going until, you know, you get to the point where if you feel like you can tithe and you can't afford to tithe, then maybe you will. And then now I will be honest, there there will be some that will list that, that are listening to this podcast and that their thing may be, well, if you tithe, then maybe you'll you'll God will bless you and you'll get another job and you'll make even more money. So you can't I mean, you know, it. There's a lot of different scenarios. Just depends on how you want to talk about it. I'm not even going to say spin it because some people will spin it either way. How you want to talk about it. But at the end of the day, I think it's a personal preference. Um, I feel like, and I go to church every Sunday or every other Sunday. I go, let me take that back. I go three of the four Sundays. <laughs> so I'm in church pretty frequently. And, and, and you know when I give I give and I give when I go um, you know and, and I have tithed before um, but that's that was my preference um, and I, I'm a firm believer in I give whatever if I gave I don't know if I gave if my offering was $500 to the church this coming Sunday that's what it is you know I'm not it's not in my heart. It's not in my head. It's not in my thought process to worry about where the money goes after that. You know, some people may be like, oh, you know, you're spending for, you know, you just you just gave me new Benz or new, new Cadillac truck. Hey, man, you know what? 
If you're doing something crooked with it, <laughs> you know God will find out. <laughs> so, I don't even sweat that, man, to be honest. So, I hope I answered your question. I hope I answered everybody's questions. As I mentioned before, thanks again for listening to the podcast. This is another edition of the 12 Podcast, 12 Kyle Podcast. Excuse me, get my damn show mixed up. 12 Kyle Podcast. If you haven't done so already, make sure that you, that you subscribe on Stitcher as well as iTunes. Follow and subscribe on SoundCloud as well. That's it, man. So once again, thanks, and I'll holler at you next time. Peace.